When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. See, it's difficult to start an episode when I'm not singing, isn't it? I find it really easy, actually. I'm just saying. Mm, so, hello everyone, I am Amir and you are... Miserable. Oh, why? No, I'm joking, I just thought it'd be dramatic to oh get attention. Oh my god, Hi, girl, the attention you're ever going to get. I am also Amir. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome. How are you guys doing? It's a lovely, bright, sunny day <laughs> here in Philadelphia. We're having a great time. Girl, there's nothing bright, there's nothing sunny, and we ain't in Philadelphia. No, I know we're not. But um, we're living and we're having a great time. I hope you guys are enjoying or coping well with lockdown, should <laughs> I say. Enjoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys are just having the best time of your life right now. If somebody's enjoying lockdown, let us know why. Oh, yeah. Tell us what's happening. Mm. Is it because of Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande rain on me? Or is it because of delusion? Do you know what? I keep... Do you know that thing that I do? Okay, guys. Story time. I do this thing where I make up lyrics (laughs) without realising it. And, like, I keep singing that song wrong. I keep going, I'd rather be high, but at least I'm dry. (laughs) Right. Everyone else is like, I'd rather be drunk. That's what they've said. And you should go for something completely different. Is that what they're saying on the... Webs is, is, is yeah, but you know what, girl? You do you, boo. Yeah, whatever makes you happy, you should do that. In Okey my dokey. opinion, okie dokie. Well, listen, we have a rather special guest today, haven't we? Oh, yes, we do, darling. Haven't we? Uh-huh. Mm. Who is she? We have Dusty Ray Bottoms, all the way from RuPaul's Drag Race season 10, Henny. Yes, from season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race, today's guest is Dusty Ray Bottoms. And this was a really nice interview that we did with her. It was really personal and I really enjoyed it. Loved it. It was really wholesome. Mm -hmm. I remember coming away smiling and being like, "Oh." She's really nice and I'm not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, she uh, a few interesting facts about Dusty Ray Bottoms. Season 10. She is not a punk rock queen. Do you know what we learned? We got educated because that bitch is a witch. You hear it, Dusty. You're a witch. This was an exclusive, I believe. A you Don't Love Me exclusive. Mm, Dusty Ray Bottoms is officially a witch, guys. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, she'll put spells on you and stuff. Yeah, she's a drag, she's a drag <laughs> witch. And how she is, why she is, listen to find out more. I don't have any more trivia, but what did we talk about? Well, obviously, you guys will listen to the interview and you'll find out what we spoke about and why. But uh, there was a conversation on conversion therapy. And I just wanted to touch upon that, actually. Mm-hmm. During the interview, I said that gay conversion therapy is banned in the UK. I just wanted to clarify that comment i've since found out that gay conversion therapy is not banned in the uk i can't believe it it is something that is legal however i believe a few years ago there were pledges made to end gay conversion therapy so currently there is a petition going around calling to end the practice of of lgbt conversion therapy uh, we require a hundred thousand signatures in order for it to be debated in parliament currently we are at eighty thousand seven hundred and twenty seven as of today so i will be well we will be sharing the link so guys if you could please sign the petition in order for uh, this abhorrent practice to end that would be really really important and you know dusty has done some really key work in and around that especially with the trevor project in america and uh, yeah it's it's really taken shape there and it's taken off in terms of ending the practice so yeah please do sign the petition so that this type of shit stops. Yeah, this type of shit needs to stop. Literally, as blunt as it sounds, yeah, this type of shit needs to stop. Sign that petition. Let's get pushing it, guys. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, shall we crack on? Yes. So here is Dusty. Dusty Ray Bottoms. Hey. Hi. Hi, Dusty. Hi. Thank you all for having me. Welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Where you don't love me anymore 
<laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, in my apartment here in New York City. Uh, I've been this. I think this is my sixth week of quarantine. Um, haven't lost it yet, but we're holding up pretty good. <laughs> I was just saying on, on the camera, you look pretty fresh. So you're like. Oh, you know, I haven't showered in like five days. And once I heard that there was a little camera meeting, I said, let's jump in the shower and give them a little like fresh curl, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, so six weeks. My gosh, Miss Rona has really got a grip on New York City right now, hasn't she? Yeah, it's literally become one of the uh, biggest hotspots in the world for it. And, uh, you know, uh, we go day to day. And I know that our uh, infection and mortality rate has, like, flatlined and gone down a little bit here. But it's just uh, we're trying to stay positive inside. And um, we take it day to day. There are some days that are really rough. And uh, I've had my breakdowns and uh, I cried a little bit. Um, and you, you know, every day at seven o'clock, 7 PM, uh, everyone hangs out their windows and, uh, cheers and claps and bang, uh, bangs their pots, uh, pots and pans for all the essential workers and the people working in the hospitals for the shift changeover. And, uh, every time that I'm every seven o'clock when I'm doing it with them, I just can't help but like well up with emotion and, and just get really emotional. And then it takes me like a good, 30 minutes to get it back in and like go on about my night but it's just very uh an overwhelming magical moment oh you know what i can i can relate to that i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now also like i've been quite emotional recently at everything it's a it's a time for heightened emotions as well i mean the, uh, what you shared there dusty that that is actually quite emotional and it's quite powerful as well but i think it's it's such unprecedented um times right now it, it's absolutely crazy so i mean you know what sort of coping mechanisms would you recommend i mean obviously you 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 recommend showering so so that's <laughs> that was good. one you know, uh, I just like anything I can do to just like keep my blood flowing a little bit and stay active. I think the first like four or five weeks of uh, quarantine, I I'm so lucky that I'm in quarantine with my fiance and mm -hmm. he's really been a great person to give my uh, mental health, health, all the checks and balances they need through, through this time. But um, there were, there were parts where even both of us together were just getting uh, really sad and because like our, you know, it's so long of doing the same routine in a small confined space and you just get all the crazy news from outside. And, you know, this was the really the first time I've ever been connected to uh, such great loss uh, being in New York City and looking on my my news feed on Facebook and just seeing the coworkers that I've uh, that have passed away from Corona in nightlife and just seeing uh, some of my friends, family members, or a friend of a friend passing away from it. we I've just never been connected to so many people passing in or around one time. So that just like, it was very overwhelming. And um, we might have made an emotional impulse buy, but my fiance and I uh, adopted a rescue puppy. And the oh, past okay. week that we've had him has just been like so much love, like, this this little dog has brought us so much joy and i hate to say a distraction but it has been sort of a distraction in some way and and really a great coping me mechanism it's really been much needed oh that sounds amazing he is adorable as well i've seen on your instagram story oh, just showed me a picture it's so uh, cute oh my he is gosh. so cute we got so lucky with him i've never seen such a cute little rescue guy Oh, well, look, Dusty, I just want to officially say, I know I have a tendency of repeating myself, so my apologies, but thank you so, so much for joining us. Genuinely, I'm a huge fan of yours. We've had the pleasure of seeing you perform in uh, New York City, in Brooklyn. Uh, yes. We've had the pleasure of seeing you perform in Newcastle as well, in England. Uh, in England. And, you know, we're going to get into it uh, as we carry on talking, but, you know, your your story is just incredible. And, you you know, you are as incredible as you are in and out of drag. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for letting me use your platform to continue my story and, and help spread awareness and, and shine a little bit more light on uh, my life. So let, let's get into it then. How did you fall into drag? 
Well, uh, I since I popped out on my mom, I was always gravitating <laughs> towards the stage. I was like tap dancing and I, I was in every play I could ever be in as a kid. And mm-hmm. uh, I always wanted to move to New York. I always wanted to be a performer. I was just I just was a performer. That's what I had to do. And so fast forwarding through all of my coming out drama and going through college and finally getting to New York. Um, in New York was when I moved to New York, it was finally my like reset button on life. I had distanced myself from my family. I wasn't really talking to them. I wasn't talking to them at all at that time. And, uh, I just took this time to like, go figure shit out and do me. And, um, I got my agent, like my third month living in the city. And it was like really one of those store like never like of course this is how it happened like that's the typical story i was like waiting on her one night at a restaurant and she just it, it was a, it was really annoying it, it's not even a good story she was like oh do you model and i was like no i don't i'm like really busy right now like don't i just don't want you being this like lady getting on my nerves right now on a saturday night you know what i mean like <laughs> so you're yeah, so like a like a true new yorker like oh, yeah. don't bother me Right. Well, because it's it's also like I'm a server. What do you think I'm here in the city doing? Like, of course, I'm like an actor or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in the arts of some way. Yes, ma'am. You are right. Well, she kept bugging me that night. And then she was like, well, I'm an agent with uh, I forget. And MMG. And um, we are also opening an acting division. And uh, I would like to talk to you about that. And she handed me her card. And I was like, oh, what? And then I went and auditioned for them. And I got signed. And um, I was getting stupid shit. Like, things that I didn't want to do. Like, it was so hard for me to get to New York City. And I wanted to just create art and stay in New York City. So when I got, like... What was it? It was like a a Clifford the Big Red Dog national tour of, uh, and I was just like, no, I don't want to leave New York City. I don't want to do this. So I just like went in there and like purposely bombed the callback, and um, did everything wrong for it. And I just like stopped auditioning. I just stopped going on these things because everything that I was like really capable of doing wasn't being on Broadway at the moment. I had to go out and get those national tour and the cruise ships credits, but me being a stubborn person that I am, I didn't want to go do that work because I didn't want to leave the city. (laughs) Yeah, and why would you want to leave New York? Why would you want to leave New York for I don't want to leave. We've been been a few times. It's our favorite city and it's special. That was your sort of background. So how did that lead? How did that lead to actually drag? Did you have, I don't know, did you have Shaquita saying, hey, girl, you should do, I don't know. (laughs) Fast forward of me just waiting tables for three years, not doing anything, not going on auditions, not pursuing any kind of artistic outlet. I was like, why the fuck did I move here? Like, I didn't move here to do this, to wait tables. Like, I need to be creating. I'm a creative person. And I was going to a Bob the Drag Queen show every Monday night at... Um, Barracuda and then on Tuesday nights there was this show that was everything and it was uh, called Our Lady of Saliva or it was Saliva Tuesdays <laughs> yeah. and it was hosted by Thorgy Thor and another queen named uh, Ezrea and it was just this like under it was like Brooklyn came over to Manhattan and it was all like their slogan was all drag is art and all art is beautiful and so literally everyone was welcome onto the stage to show anything they wanted. And everyone just always like applauded. And it was some of the craziest shit I've ever seen too. Like, um, oh, there's this queen in New York who's like, you probably know of Jasmine Rice Labasia. Yes. Yes. Let's rewind like seven years ago when I, or eight years ago when I was on a first date with Mark and we're like, sitting like she's doing this show and she's doing this Whitney Houston number or something and she turns around and lifts up her nightgown and it's just her bare butt and she spreads her cheeks and you see something at her butt she pulls out a condom full of cocaine which was really you know powder and she she pulls it she pulls it out of her butt like and it was everything and then she like swings it above her head and then she bites into it and the it busts all over the audience and we were all like ah it was like a legendary night. I'm just like, oh my god. 
<laughs> I thought you got me speechless, Dusty. <laughs> well, I know. I was speechless. Like, it was like, that was, that was like my introduction to New York drag. I had bought the drag queen who, well, because I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and I loved the drag there so much. And seeing their drag, I was just like, there is no space for me here because they're all like pageant queens and they dance the house down and they're so beautiful. And whenever I saw myself in drag, I never saw myself being like, I don't know. I'm just like, I've always just been like kooky and offbeat and weird. I never tried to go for pretty, you know, but yeah, that can kooky offbeat and weird can still be pretty. And I think I show that today very well. So I'm not like trying to like, misconstrue that at all <laughs> yeah no, no I, I, I see that but I, that's what i think attracted me to you when you came and you know to drag drag race because i like that kooky offbeat edgy punk rock sort of um vibe, vibe. not just drag, yeah. just vibe in in the arts yeah thank you thank you and you know when i came in to the workroom and they're like so uh what kind of queen are you i'm like oh i'm a punk rock queen you know i got so much shade from actual punk rock queens and i have to say i did misspeak when i walked into that workroom you know what i'm not a punk rock queen i'm just a witch and i love musical theater and like I'm a witch. That's just like how it is. I love rock and roll and musical theater. And I'm sorry that I gave myself the wrong label, guys. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I remember when we saw you in Newcastle and you came out and did Bohemian Rhapsody, which is one of the best songs of all time. Okay. And it was. Stop right <laughs> there. Go on. Because you're on stage. Uh, I, I remember we went to Newcastle and we didn't quite know what to expect. And I think as part of the cast, Gia Gunn was there. Plastic yes. Yeah. was there. So there was a lot of high energy. There was a lot of performances. And I was like, I wonder what Dusty's going to do. And we'll let, you know, we'll let you talk about what that performance was like. But I just remember the entire audience engaging. And it was this mass, <laughs> crazy sing-along of like hundreds and hundreds of people. And honestly, it's one of my favorite drag performances of any drag queen, honestly. What was the inspiration wow. behind it? Um, well, it is by far my favorite, favorite number to do. If I'm ever going to a city for the first time, like, I feel like I have to do that number my first time in that city. Um, and you know, the number is like really special to me. It means a lot to me because, uh, I do draw a lot of inspiration from my story from that song, you know? Mm. And so it's just really great to like do that on stage and come through on the other side so like so victorious and an anthem and and yeah. just to have the whole audience on your side just makes it such a magical moment for everyone and it's just like I, I love just doing it it just means so much to me to be able to perform that number as an audience we ate it up yeah it, yeah it brings the whole audience together as well yeah yeah it, it was it was spectacular just seeing the entire audience get behind, <laughs> get behind the number and like really with passion and yeah and and then like it was i don't I know was even how to describe it yeah it was just magical it was just so Thank you all. people come up to me wrapping their arms around me I'm like who are you but we're all in this yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wish i'd recorded it but it's great to live in the moment oh yeah completely so in terms of your drag who would you say your drag inspirations are Oh, my God. Uh, This is so hard to say because, like, I think, okay, something uh, in my upbringing, uh, I came from, like, a very Christian, conservative, religious family. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was always uh, taught growing up was we should not look upon false idols. Um, So Mm -hmm. I grew up never really having a favorite or looking to anyone like the person that I like going through my journals and reports that I wrote about that I looked up to so much was freaking Kirk Cameron wow I know so like I don't know I I I think this is another reason that like starting out in drag and like with picking new material it makes it really difficult for me sometimes because if I don't connect with a number Mm. if it doesn't move me in some way like I just can't do it I feel like I'm not going to do a good job otherwise if I'm not connecting with it so there's like a pool of material that like I like to do because like I have some sort of emotional attachment to some way so I feel like I don't know I my drag is very Tim Burton I'm inspired by witches and like 
that that's where I would say I pull from. There's no like airs and grits. I'm a witch. I love I'm that. I'm a witch. I yeah. love I love you've that. Owned, you've got to own being a witch. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? True story. I have a friend who's a white witch. Work. Yeah, yeah, true story. Do you know what though? This is all, this is me sort of connecting all the dots. Like I, I always assumed that you identified as a punk rock queen, and and this is really interesting that you're identifying as a witch. So, <laughs> the, you don't love me podcast exclusive. I'm claiming Does this. Red Bottoms is a witch. Is a witch, <laughs> but it makes so much. It makes so. <laughs> that's, the, that's the episode title. That you the witch. <laughs> <laughs> She'll cast a spell on you. Oh dear. But it, it it makes a lot of sense because when we were in New York and we saw you performing at, I think it was, was it Barracuda? Oh, no, yeah. the Albatross. Yes, it was. It was we at Albatross. Albatross, yes. We just found it, we were so and, tired. And you were performing <laughs> with Alexis Michelle. Yeah. And I love Lex- that show so much. So and, and Alexis Michelle was dressed up every bit, the, you know, drag Christmas tree. And, and like, you were, you looked absolutely stunning. And then I saw the, the performance and the hair and the makeup. And I just remember seeing to Amir, I was like, wow like these guys are sickening and like it all makes sense like you were giving me christmas witch vibes oh, I, thank I, you yes yeah. it, it really does make it a makes lot of sense a lot of sense <laughs> i was just you know I, I got on that show i was very shook i was confused at the things i was saying sometimes and now I know my real descriptors. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like, you know, for our listeners who have the pleasure of uh, visiting New York, you know, some this with New York drag shows, you never quite know what to expect kind of thing. It's not like a run-of-the-mill routine. And I remember midway through your performance, you decided to walk outside and perform outside. Oh, and was it was so iconic. We were like, where's Dusty gone? And then you like reappeared through the back or something. It was so much fun. It was spectacular. Work. Thank you so much much i just i can't wait for this to be over i can't wait to be at, at albatross again it's just a really good place to be at and perform yeah yeah absolutely okay so this is something that i'm really really interested in discussing with you and really keen to to touch upon if if that's all right because okay. uh, m- myself i come from an orthodox muslim family don't identify as muslim anymore i know you're not asking this but i'm going to tell you anyway <laughs> um, yeah and, uh, you know, that has really shaped my sort of trajectory and really impacted me in terms of where I am right now and shaped me as a person. And of course, you know, we, we got to see this in in Drag Race when you, you were on season 10, that you too uh, were uh, raised in a religious family. And, uh, you know, you had to go through some really horrific things, such as, uh, as a, a, an exorcism, which is which is outrageous. And I, I was wondering whether you'd be comfortable in talking about your experiences. Uh, yeah. We have, you know, a heavy, like, Muslim demographic that are similar experiences, oh, sure. similar feelings. Yeah, um, the thing that I would uh, like to say on this is, um, you know, uh, I, my uh, Attitude magazine is a magazine out of the UK, right? Yes, yes, yes yeah. it is. Uh, Attitude magazine did a really great uh, in-depth article on my story. I, I, when I came out to my family, I uh, went through an exorcism. Um, and to put a label on that, uh, I went through conversion therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. My story is not the only story of conversion therapy. There are so many, many of them, and people have... Uh, different, uh, uh, how do I say this? They have different uh, intensity levels of their story. Mm. And, um, gee. It's a, t- it's a tough one, isn't it? It it's... is, it is. I, I just like, I'm, a, I'm always just like so worried about like saying the wrong thing because, you know, I just have my different views on, um, religion now and um, just know that if uh, you are currently going through this with your family that there was always a little saying that I always uh, had in the back of my mind because I knew what I was going through was wrong um, I knew I didn't need to be changed um, I knew uh, that I was gay and I was born that way and I always told myself this current situation this experience that I'm going through right now cannot last forever like i will get older i will be moving out and if you are in a safe situation and if you can tell yourself that and if you can get through and mind your p's and q's to an extent with your family to like get your foot out the door so you can go make your way and find yourself and find your tribe 
uh, do that. That's what I had to do. Uh, on mm-hmm. the other hand, if you are not in a safe situation, you have to like uh, really, uh, I don't know, we have so many great outlets for people to talk to, such as the Trevor Project. I really, really, really recommend uh, looking them up, reaching out to them. They have a text to chat line. They have uh, someone you can talk to over the phone. Uh, if you can please put those numbers up. Yeah, I mean, you've you've worked with the Trevor Project, haven't, yes. haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've made some uh, PSAs for Ban Conversion Therapy Kentucky to help people vote against conversion therapy so we can end that in the state where uh, I grew up. Um, also, uh, uh, if you look on Trevor Project's website, they have this great thing called 50 uh, Bills for 50 States, where they're uh, banning conversion therapy across uh, the uni- uh, United States. And I think we're up to like 20, 22 states now. I know that does nothing for the UK, but it's just good to know, I guess. No, <laughs> it's, really it's, it, I mean, the world does look up to uh, the US, as, uh, you know, particularly as leaders of the free world. So that's really, really positive to know. Uh, I'm pleased to say, I, oh, un, unless it, something's changed, but uh, conversion therapy is banned in the UK, yes. you, we, we wow, don't we, we don't have conversion therapy. I mean, unless something's changed under the radar that I'm not aware of, but uh, and I was list, our listeners will call us out; mm. they always do. But um, uh, you know, it, it is it is banned here. But it's great to know that the work that you're doing with the Trevor Project has has made a direct impact. Um, for for those of us who who don't know, perhaps. What is gay conversion therapy exactly? Is it is it a confession? Physical conversion what, what is it? therapy is uh, any act of anyone trying to change your sexual orientation. Okay. So that and and conversion therapy has a long uh, uh, it, it, it stems from like it can be shaming. It can be uh, people get waterboarded. They get electroshock therapy exorcisms, uh, excommunication, um, just all mental mind games. Uh, there are actual camps where you can go to a conversion therapy camp and uh, they all these things. Uh, uh, I even have a friend um, who shared with me that a camp, they, uh, and this is okay to share because this is also in their public statement story, but um, they would make you look at pornographic photo naked photos of the opposite sex and make you get off to that to change your orientation so that's conversion therapy any sort of act like that which is very uh physical and mentally scarring which uh usually leads a lot of times to suicide for people who have gone through this how can that how can that possibly be legal and well and the thing that is so crazy about this is that these conversion therapy therapists these people who are saying that they can change you and cure you these are not licensed therapists a licensed therapist would never do this to anyone these are people who call themselves god warriors who put themselves up on these high pedestals in their church pastors or whatever they are who Mm. really believe that they can change you and if you're listening and if you're going through this you have to know that you are seen you are perfect you do not need to change you are important and you are so loved so don't listen to any of this nonsense it is not true and uh if anyone tries to tell you otherwise just do not listen you are loved you are perfect you are so important Oh, I love Thank that. You. Thank That's you so much for, for, for saying that. I wish I had grown up someone saying that. Yeah, and you I know? tell you I tell you something really interesting that I've seen um, is the number of gay conversion therapists who end up coming out oh, as yeah. gay themselves. Absolutely. One, there was this one gay conversion therapist who I uh, saw online, and I think he was doing it for like decades, like at least 10, 15 years, and then all of a sudden... Or the drop of a hat, he came out as gay, said he has a partner, and just said he was extremely sorry. And I just thought, no, how can there be no accountability for the damage that you've done to people? You know, how can you, how could you have done that to your own community? So it's a real issue, but it's great to know that it's um, being stemmed by being banned in, in so many states. And, and here's to it being banned on a federal level. Of course, and it's so great to know there's people like you really raising the awareness of your experience so it doesn't happen again, you know, to other people. If you can stop it Absolutely. happening to people, you know, it's, it's so important. 
because okay. you know uh i every time after i went through conversion therapy and if i ever shared my story with anyone about conversion therapy they would always like give me that weird like head tilted smile like oh wow um because they didn't understand what i went through and it sounded crazy and they didn't understand how to sympathize with me mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it wasn't until i've never heard anyone talk about conversion therapy i didn't know what conversion therapy was and when it, i was able to figure that out and then i got on track race and they were like do you want to share your story i was like I don't know. I was like super, super worried because I didn't want anything to happen to my family because, you know, my mom and dad had already apologized and they think that what I went through was horrible and wrong. So mm -hmm. I didn't want anything to happen to my family. Like I wanted to protect them. But at the same time, like I had never heard this story before. And it wasn't until after I shared the story on Drag Race and then I got the messages from all these people who said, me too, like I've gone through that or I'm going through it now. That was the very first time. I ever had anyone that like actually heard me and got got it and so it was just like such a full circle moment and it was so crazy and it was just so important to be said and I, i'm glad it was heard and i'm glad um there's like a, a new revolution to end it now yes absolutely i'm so absolutely. glad that you shared that story as well because i know it must have been really really tough for you but for you to use your platform on drag race to do so it was I, I cried. Yeah. It, it was a, a moment, but I was also so like this really strong person you were sharing this. You're going to help so many people. Yeah. By just sharing your story. And I guess you don't realize it at the time sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and on, on that, would you say have things got better? I mean, you know, you alluded to it on, on the drug race episode because I've spoken to a few people recently who feel that things don't get better or they're still waiting. How have things got better for you? You know, I, I think that I'm I'm 32 years old. I'm in a point in my life where I can recognize and feel what uh, true gratitude <laughs> is for the things mm -hmm. that I have. And um, and being a 32 year old, I have also come to realize that every day is not going to be a bed of roses. Um, <laughs> And uh, you will have some really, really shitty, terrible fucking days. But, you know, that is life. We're all going to go through that. And I just try to stay positive and I try to love as much as I can. It's, it's really helped to get me through. And I'm so lucky that I was able to move to New York. I was able to find my creative outlet. I was able to immerse myself in it and I was able to shine so much that I attracted my my chosen family. I, I attracted my tribe and it led to drag race. And, you know, that isn't also a bed of roses and it looked and it, but it is an absolute fantasy. And I, I got to have a taste of that. And, you know, I'm so grateful for those experiences. And I have my fiance. I have this new dog. I live in the greatest city on earth. Like what, what I'm going to have bad days, even though I have those things. But you have to realize when you have your tribe and you have your people, you're going to get through all those fucking bad days because we are all here together. That, that's how I feel as well. That's once amazing. you find that tribe and once you find them people, they are your family. They are yeah. your rocks and they will get you through. And just going back to um, the point you made, you know, you got you went on Drag Race. It wasn't always uh, a bed of roses, but how Still did you? Still the tea. <laughs> no, you know what? No, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm for, forever. You always are. Yeah, tell us about I'm... Drag Race. What was it? What was it? What was it like? Um, how's Michelle Vassar? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I I Drag Race is really really great. There, it's um, there are also a lot of. Uh, thorns that go with it and you know uh, if you don't go on the show thinking you're not going to the finale like don't go on the show obviously and you and obviously like I got on the show and I just wanted better for myself so like that wasn't a bed of roses and uh, but like I had the best time I had the best I had a great experience and I think the thing that is like the biggest thorns with drag race is the fandom is really really tough sometimes mm -hmm. and um i know like a lot of girls for season 12 are getting death threats and it's really really super intense for them and god it's just like 
it's really great to be a real girl, but it's also like really, really intense. Like you better like buckle up and guard your heart and your head going into it because the world will really send you on a doozy. <laughs> you know what? I, I see that as well with the drag race fandom. I think I'm just going to say it. I think they can be really vile. We can. At times, you know, you agree as well. We're all drag race oh, fans. I saw, you know, my dear darling, I love Jada um essence hall and i just seen some of the crap she's been getting and i'm like what is wrong with people these people it's... you like you like just you like human beings like just like us yeah drag race fandom is unlike any other fandom and it's a platform that is just one of a kind and when you're thrust on it's like literally almost an overnight sensation you become mm-hmm. when your season comes out it's just a lot to handle <laughs> so what is life like being post drag race i mean i've got to travel the world i never thought that i I just it was i was something that i've always wanted to do it was so great i never thought that i would be able to go to uh south africa to perform i never thought that in south africa i would be able to work with the uh charity that i work with um down there and it was just I never thought that i'd be going to the uk uh three times uh, two times last year and I never thought that I would feel so fucking cool walking around the UK, meeting all of my fans and everything. Like, the UK is where it's at. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the UK. It, yeah, it for is. drag, it is, yeah. For RuPaul's Drag Race Queens, it is amazing. Like, to see how the fans are. I mean, they're, they're crazy here. I remember when Trixie Mattel came one year and she couldn't move. Like, everyone was literally, like, towering over each other just to see her. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's, it, yeah, we're we're a bunch of crazy people. Once we've had a yeah, few we're yeah, yeah, performing in Newcastle is everything. Yeah. I think one of my other favorites to do is Man- uh, Manchester. is so yeah, much fun. That's near us. Yeah, I loved performing there. That church was everything. <laughs> it's one of our favorite cities, in Manchester. Manchester is cool. The northern fans are amazing. The northern crowds are amazing. I would consider moving out to the UK. Oh my god, would you? For sure. Well, I I love it that much. That would that would be that would be a dream spot to move. Well, Dusty, hold that thought because (laughs) this part we are we are now going to play British trivia. Are you ready? Oh no! So it's a great prize as well. What we haven't discussed with you is what the prize is at the end of this British trivia. If you answer enough questions correctly, you will receive a non-governmental approved. <laughs> um, what is it? <laughs> Nationality. That yeah, you will become. Uh, yeah, you will receive. Okay, let me do that again. I'm going to edit it out. Uh, you will. Re- <laughs> you will receive a British nationality, which is non-governmental approved. But if you answer enough questions correctly, uh, you will become a British citizen. How does that sound? Yes, yeah, sign me up, ship me out. It's only a verbal agreement via the You Don't Love Me podcast. Yeah, that, you know. That I also warn you, like, I'm from Kentucky. I probably don't even know anything about my own country, so buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Question number one. Uh-oh. How old is Queen Elizabeth II? How old... Is Queen Elizabeth the second? No Dusty? Googling allowed. Is Queen Elizabeth the second still living? Isn't she dead? Don't we have the third or fourth right now? Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you're stalling okay, because okay. you're Googling. You'll get, you get Dusty. Are you I'm go- not Googling, I promise. <laughs> wow. Okay, no. Oh, take a guess. So Queen Elizabeth the second is our current reigning monarch. 84. No. You have misplaced a decade. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II is actually 94. I believe her birthday was today. Today, I think. Oh, I'm so sorry. But do you know what? This might help you because she will take that compliment. That's true. I gave her a good 10 years. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You see, this is what happens when you marry your first cousin. You end (laughs) up looking great for 94. Question number two. Uh, question number two. My system has frozen. Bear with me. <laughs> Bear with me a second. What is the capital of Scotland? Edinburgh. Oh, Ooh. ding, ding, ding. Yes. yes. Edinburgh is the capital. So for a, a bonus um, point, 
Which brown fiery liquid is made in Scotland? Scotch. Mm, no, it's whiskey. Scottish whiskey. I'll give that. I thought Scotch as well. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that why it's called Scotch? No. I no. Scotch. I don't know. Scot- Scotch is something different, I think. Oh, just kidding. Don't yell at me. I love whiskey. <laughs> we're not going to yell. <laughs> okay. We're not, we're not Scottish, so it's okay. Okay. Let's put in a few more questions, shall we? Okay, this is a really good easy one. Okay. Uh-oh. A prehistoric circle of stones dating back 5,000 years. <laughs> is this... <laughs> this is already like this is too much. Guys, this is an easy one, honestly. Okay. Let me start again. A prehistoric circle of stones dating back 5,000 years is a big tourist attraction. What is it called? Stonehenge. Oh! Oh, oh my God, well done. Well done. That was that was really, really quick. Well done. Okay, so for a bonus point then. Um, oh, no. True or false, Stonehenge is older than the pyramids. False. It's actually true, yeah. Are you Googling? No, I thought the aliens made them at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) No, they weren't that quite far advanced. They had to do them one at a time. So they did Stonehenge first, around 3000 BC, which makes them older than the Egyptian pyramids. Wow, okay, work. Mm, Okay. historian. We need to make these questions harder now. Okay. I do have to say, whenever I'm in the UK, I always watch, I forget what station it is, but I watch the lady and the old guy who walks around and digs up property and finds the clay pots. What is that? Oh, I know what you're, oh, I don't know. And then they show a map of what the castle used to be there. I know which program you're talking about. And do you know what's interesting is I love American television and I don't watch any British television. We watch Bake Off. <laughs> we, we watch Bake Off. We watch Bake Off and, and I watch Downton Abbey. But I know which show you're talking about. I used to watch it. I want to say Antiques Roadshow, but that's something completely different. It's something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we've got a lot of fossils hanging around here. So um, I love it. Yeah, do you know what? Maybe that could be part of your next act. Just get out a shovel and <laughs> just start digging. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of it with us. <laughs> okay, a few more questions. What is the highest mountain in the UK? Uh, Mount Sterling? Oh, no, okay, so I'll give you options. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. What is the highest... Okay, question number, whatever it is. What is the highest mountain in the UK? Um, is it Ben Scott, Ben Nevis, or Trent... Goringham. <laughs> the second one. <sighs> Which one was the second you one? You won the right answer. <laughs> well done. Yes, you, you got it right. You didn't even give three. Yes. Months. I you think didn't... I'm packing my bags. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Ben Nevis. Ben Nevis is in Scotland and is 1,344 meters high. Wow. Okay. Um, I have just a few more questions. Well done, by the way, Dusty. Um, you, you are very much becoming a British resident at this. Uh... <laughs> what is the capital of England? Oh, no. Is it? It's not London. It's... It is London. Is it really? It is yeah, London. Okay. It wasn't a trick question. No, it wasn't a trick question. No, well done. Okay. Um, so for a bonus point, what is the capital of Wales? Oh. The capital of Wales. Wales has a capital. Okay. Oh, Wales. <laughs> these, these, these quiet, these um, pauses are really worrying me. Are, I, I promise I'm not looking. I'm, I'm not looking. I promise. I promise. Um, I really, I don't know. I don't know the capital of Wales. I forget. The capital of Wales is Cardiff. I knew that. You're already British. You yeah, but, need to but know. I knew that. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> okay, finally. Um, this is just gen- in general. Oh, okay, my husband's showing me something again. Oh, is he? Is he not? Well, let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is the nation's favorite food? Mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not quite. It's actually curry. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. The South Asians came and we bought our curry and uh, now everybody loves it. Work. I love it too. <laughs> okay, last two questions. Okay. 
Um, and these aren't really trivia, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Rank in order the band Queen, Adele, and Amy Winehouse. One, two, three. How dare you? <laughs> that is cruel. That is really cruel. I, listen, uh, I don't make these rules. This is how you get the British citizenship. Sorry. Queen, <laughs> number okay. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amy Winehouse, number two. Adele, number three. That's exactly what I just put down as well. Work. Work. <laughs> that wasn't even a quiz question, but I think you got all three points. Yeah, I think I think that was British trivia done. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations, Dusty Ray Bottoms. You thank are you, now you. a honorary British citizen. Um, <laughs> your Brexit package will come through the post <laughs> along I'll, with. I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, not legally binding. Good luck trying to get into the country with it, but it's <laughs> yours for the taking. Okay. Woo! That was uh, British trivia. Did you have? Did you enjoy that? I did. Thank. I'm actually proud of myself. I did better than I thought I was. I think you do. did really well. Yeah. Okay. Actually, uh, I'm going to be honest. I think that was the best anyone's done on British trivia. I think any is. any American guest that we've had on the podcast. I think works. Slay. I'm bowing. I'm <laughs> waving in my drag room right now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, just a few more questions. Um. I just want to know what the the future holds for Dusty Ray Bottoms. What are your aspirations next moving forward? And what do we expect? What can we expect to see from you once Miss Rona's over? Well, I am fantasy land. We can all go back to normal and beyond and have packed bars and we can do shows as normal again. That would be everything. I just want to get back to work as I was working. Uh, if we could, if that's all great as it should be, um, like if we could fast forward to five years, the whole goal would be to, I want to open my own venue and I want to have my cast of performers. Yes. And um, I, that's what I want. I just, I've always wanted to be the share to my burlesque and I've always wanted to create a, uh, LGBT uh, safe art space and that's always been the fantasy and I yeah just want to move that way brilliant I love well, that well speaking to existence and he is hoping that uh, you know once all the all of the dust settles <laughs> um, Dusty can dust herself <laughs> off and, <laughs> and, right. and I just want to um, finish up by ask, I always ask everyone this and it's quite a tough one but I think you might have answered this already most of our demographic our um, LGBTQ plus people of color, usually in the like oppressed places in the world. What would your advice be to these people? I, my mantra that I, I always told myself this moment that I'm going through right now cannot last forever, that there are going to be better times than this. And I will never have to look back on this day unless I choose to um, just stay strong. And if you really need someone to talk to, reach out to the Trevor Project, find someone local, uh, a help hotline or anything. Submerge yourself in the thing that you love the most. And when you do that, you're going to shine, shine, shine. And the people who need to be around you will be there and they will reveal themselves and you will be surprised. And you may not be surprised, um, but like take that love and run with it. And you got this. Well, Dusty Ray Bottoms, thank you thank so, you so much, much for being a part of uh, the You Don't Love Me podcast. You are by far the nicest witch we have ever had on here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm just so happy to be on a UK outlet talking to my peeps. I love you all so much. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, take care. Please cast good spells on us. Yeah, he is. <laughs> thank you. He, he, he is. <laughs> things go, get back to normal uh, very soon stay safe all our love can't wait to see you when we are in uh, uh, New York or when you're in the UK next very soon I hope all the well wishes to you all as well love you guys thank, thank you. you you don't bye. love me bye loved it yes absolutely thank you so much Dusty for that that was such a wholesome conversation such an educating conversation and such a fun conversation as well yeah sometimes what I do is after an interview when I sort of listen back to it I do listen back to all of our interviews and I make a few notes sometimes 
um, yeah. just to get a gist. And in big writing, and, and I actually put a box around it, I wrote warm and friendly. But it, she was just so warm and friendly. And it was such a pleasure seeing her, you know, both in New York, as I mentioned, and, and in, in Newcastle as well. And I can't wait to see her again. I couldn't wait either. Mm, absolutely. Well, when lockdown's over, girl. I lived for her British trivia. Do you know what? I'm here for her. She's a British citizen now. End of. Do you know what, though? I think we were a little bit harsh in uh, accusing her of cheating. <laughs> I think she was just a little bit overwhelmed with both of us going, what's the biggest mountain in England? But she's a witch. Yeah. You don't know what spells and what things she can cast. She's a good witch. Oh, yeah, of course. But, girl, there's nothing bad. I'd cheat. She's a good witch. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch. Yes, come through. And you're a... I'm cute. Stitch. I don't know. Whatever, girl. Whatever rhymes. Come on. Um, So thank you so much, Dusty Ray Bottoms. And um, we really, really appreciated that conversation. I loved it so much. (gasps) Her dog. Right, let's not get into this because we're going to start beef. I want a dog. I know, we will in time. Listen. Dusty said we should get one. (laughs) Dusty said that it was amazing. It was one of the best things to happen to them. And I just want that for our relationship. Do you know what? I promise one day we'll get pets and we'll thank Dusty for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I do have a feeling it might be in the next few years. We might call our dog Bottoms. Why? I don't know. Bants. If you want to name your dog after Dusty, call it Dusty. No, I, I, want, <laughs> I want like drama at like the doggy park when they're like, oh my God, your dog's so cute. What it's called? Bottoms. I want to call it Tops. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> We're a mess. We're pathetic. I hate us so much. <sighs> Shall we wrap the shindig up? Yes, yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at you don't love me underscore podcast. That is you don't love me underscore podcast. Two meters apart. You can follow us on Twitter at ydlm underscore podcast and tweet with us and slide into our DMs and like us on Facebook and give us reviews and send us news and send us news. Well, you can follow Lady Bushra at lady.bushra on Instagram because where is she? Where's Lady Bushra? If you can't follow her, Open the door. She's outside. And she's outside. <laughs> she's outside. <laughs> and thank you very much for listening, guys. And love you, you don't love, love me. Love you guys. I, I said love you guys. Love. <laughs> what the hell was that? Love you guys. Love you guys lots. Why don't you sing them out? Oh, maybe. Go on. Let me think of a song. Oh, it's so much pressure. Um, do you like a song that I sing sometimes? Something haunting. Hamari atariya pe Ajari savariya Dekha deki Balam mui jaye Hamari atariya pe You don't love me I love that song by the way. Goodbye <laughs> Bye <laughs> Bye. I'm outside.